Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. Kelsey Sharon is a badass. She was a combat veteran, artillery gunner in the Canadian military who served in Afghanistan in 2009. Her book is entitled Brass and Unity, One Woman's Journey Through the Hell of Afghanistan and Back. Let's welcome Kelsey Sharon. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. You know, people are wondering how tough is this woman to be a combat vet from Afghanistan? You know what? Not that tough. Anybody can do it. <laughs> Let's I mean, be they, honest with ourselves. Anybody can do it if you put your heart into anything that you want to achieve. I mean, they do have basic training for a reason, right? It gets anyone ready to serve. Yeah, you can fail out of that, too. But you can absolutely <laughs> go. <laughs> Kelsey, how tall are you? Five foot. She's five foot tall. What? A buck ten soaking wet? But- yeah. I think Pete's trying to establish that this is a petite woman who went into the line (laughs) of combat fighting against men and other women who might be much larger than her physically, because it's a little rude to ask a woman her weight. I am. I I follow you on Instagram and you are you are a tough chick. That's what we used to say in our neighborhood. I mean, you're (laughs) tough. Thank you. Well, I I take that as a compliment. What was it like being in Afghanistan? Paint a picture for us. You know, when you turn 19, you graduated high school and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to enlist. Take us through that. You know, I met a lady on the bus and uh, it's a really silly story, but I did. I met this amazing lady and um, she was an older Air Force veteran and she had served. And there was something about her that really clicked with me. I got off the bus that day and I quit college and I went and found a recruiter's office. Um, I just felt the call. And what prompted that? Why did you quit? Because she, she felt the you? call in her gut. Lisa gets it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Listen, I think a lot of us are taught to ignore our gut feelings and to talk ourselves out of them to say, I feel this draw to go to Afghanistan and quit school, but I'm in school. My parents will be mad. I need to have a career. We overthink it instead of feeling it. And she leaned into the feeling. Yeah, I really did. And I think that if more people listen to their gut, then we would be in a, a lot of a lot of different places. But here's the thing. When you when you decide to join the service, once you decide and your paperwork goes in and you sign on that dotted line, it's a lot harder to get out than it is to just yeah. stay in. <laughs> you suffered from PTSD when you returned. It seems like an understudied, underfunded, under understood phenomenon that affects so many people. Were you shocked when it happened to you? Did you think that this was something that could never happen to you? It's not that it was even on my radar. Here's the thing. In Canada and the United States, at that time when I was serving, we weren't hearing about it as much. We knew of it from previous wars. We understood that other veterans, you know, World War II, Vietnam, Korea, we understood it was just called something different. And when I say we understood, we understood that people were angry and people were drinking and people were suicidal, but we didn't fully wrap our brains around what it meant for that uh, in terms of how to heal it. And that's why it took a long time for me to get to a point where there was healing because there is now more research. Uh, and in the past five years, there has been an absolute boom into psychedelics, which has been such a huge way of healing post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury coupled with other types of therapies. But there has been a lot of research in the past, you know, in the past decade, because we've had so many war fighters coming home with psychological issues. We've had no choice but to figure out how to fix this problem. When you came home from Afghanistan, PTSD, a lot of people suppress it. Did you know right away or did you try to just push it off? Oh, I'm going to be OK. I just need some time. How did you deal with I, it? 
I was actually diagnosed in country. I was diagnosed wow. uh, in, Af- in Afghanistan after the operation with the British. Uh, they sent me back home to Canada because of it three weeks early um, to go to a hospital to do outpatient treatment because it wasn't sustainable in country any longer, along with a laundry list of pharmaceutical intervention they put me on. Just having to think of everything you have to go through, because first you got to figure out what are these feelings I'm having? Is this PTSD? Is this just waking up on the wrong side of the bed today? And then how do we make it better? And how do I make anyone ever understand what I'm going through? Because I don't want someone treating me who has no idea what's going on in my head. That's absolutely true. You you get handed to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and depending on who they are in their in their past experience they're going to have um, a different type of empathy every doctor does their very best just like every teacher tries to do their very best but guess what sometimes it's just not good enough and that's hard for some people to hear and it makes people upset you know and it really yeah. gets them frustrated but here's the thing if, if we don't click with you if we don't feel safe with you we're not going to give you everything we've got and then we do have a bad habit in North America of before providing any other types of psychological support, force feeding medication really rapidly. Oh, and when and when yep. you do that, that's when you start to numb somebody out where they don't really know what they're feeling. They don't really know how to process. And that's a huge, huge issue when it comes to treatment. And I had a, a prominent Navy SEAL named Jocko ask me this uh, a while back. He said, Kelsey, do you think if someone sat you down after what happened and said, what you're feeling is normal, what you experienced in war is normal, it will get better, you will start sleeping, you will start eating, do you think you would have been okay? Looking back, hindsight's obviously 2020, but right. yeah, I think I would have been all right. But when you slap meds on it right away, you don't get time to process. Yeah. Everybody loves knowing... Jocko. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> I love the guy. He's just uh, he's a badass, too. You know, sadly, we've heard this story many times from people in the military on this show. It's just too bad. But tell people how you came through it or it's helped you with your jewelry line. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I started that's the really beautiful thing about um, art therapy. So many people don't understand what art therapy can be. It can be anything you're doing with your hands that you're creating. And I was the first day that I actually sat down and started to create my products on the kitchen table, that was the first day I didn't think of suicide. That was the first day I got out of bed and brushed my teeth. And we were on to something here. And that's when everything started to click. And that's where the, the, the door, I guess, to my, my ability to start healing really started to crack open. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Your book is called Brass and Unity. It's Kelsey Sharon, everybody. Thanks for uh, spending time with us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. You guys were fantastic. More of the Pete McMurray Show next.